Welcome to Ask Me Anything. Uh, my favorite episodes of Ask Me Anything are we, where we flip the mic and I'm not the one being asked the questions, but I'm getting to do the asking. And today's guest we have is Rebecca McLaughlin back for a second week, um, specifically related to a book that you released, Rebecca, called Is Christmas Unbelievable? And you know, like we said last time, that's something that there are people who won't articulate that, but if you really were to peel back the layers of their heart, that's kind of what they're thinking. And you deal with some excellent questions in this book that have just been helpful for me to know how to process through and how to that there are answers. Um, and so I appreciate the 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 rigor of scholarship that you bring to it, but then also just your your commitment to put it on the the bottom shelf, so to speak, so that that normal people can get their minds around it. Um, so here's here's the second question I want to ask. Can educated people actually believe in a virgin birth? Can, is that like, I mean, is that just like, you know, okay, at this point, we're just in full on fairy tale mode. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing that I kind of find funny about that question, because I think there are a lot of people who would say, yeah, I believe in God, but the virgin birth is just like a supernatural bridge too far for me. And if you think about it, I mean, I see why that sort of feels like it makes sense emotionally. <laughs> But in reality, if there is a God who made the entire universe and every human being in it, it's actually kind of illogical to think that that same God could not make one human being in a different way. It would be kind of like saying to Simone Biles, you know, I know you're the greatest gymnast of all time, but I bet you couldn't do it some sort. It's like completely, I mean, clearly the, the reality of, of God himself becoming human is not trivial, but the, the sort of sheer miracle element of God making a human being without the introduction of a sperm is completely, I mean, it's the easiest thing that you can imagine God doing practically, right? So, so on, on that level, I think we can look that concern in the face and say, do you know what, if there is a God who made the universe, it's not at all a logical thing. There's the second piece, which is, well, you know, a couple of thousand years ago, people didn't have the scientific knowledge that we have. And now with our sort of modern educated scientific understanding of, of biology and embryology and all things, we know that virgins, in fact, do not give birth. And so it, it's sort of no longer credible. Much as there have been in, indeed like advances in science in the last 2000 years, I think it's fair to say that 2000 years ago, people also knew that virgins didn't give birth. It, it, it's not like this was a sort of new scientific revelation of the last 50 years. It was a miraculous claim then as it is now. So I, I don't think that we need to have that concern sort of scientifically. And honestly, I, I happen to personally know, because of work that I previously done, personally know some of the top scientists in the world in a whole range of different fields. And I know serious Christians who are scientists of their fields who do believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin. So, so for those of us that are on the ground who aren't involved in science, we do, I don't think we need to be concerned that somebody with more scientific knowledge than us could possibly find this to be credible. Yeah, so so if there is a God and he did create the world and, you know, however that process happened, he spoke it into existence, we know that part, then then actually this, it shouldn't be that much of a logical jump is what I hear you saying. Yeah, it's not. So I, I think actually the thing that should really trip us up in our minds is not the miracle of Jesus' virgin birth, but the miracle of the incarnation itself. Hmm. Like, why on earth would the God of all the universe, who made the galaxies and the planets and the stars, choose to become one tiny little human being on one tiny little speck of a planet? I mean, even, even before we've considered the extraordinary nature of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, 
the, the fact that God himself would choose to become human is what's completely un unbelievable in, in the most uh, sort of God-honoring sense about Christmas for me. Yeah, you know, so I've heard two different objections to this one. One is kind of the theory that um, the whole Christian narrative, the early early Christian narrative is something that was made up in retrospect uh, to try to bolster the claims that in reality, you know, Mary might've been raped by a Roman soldier or there was something that happened that, and, you know, really the only value in the narratives is it shows us the oppression of the poor. Um, then there's a, like a, like a, a, a liberal Christian narrative, which is, okay, she wasn't born of a virgin. That was just something they added at, at, for poetic reasons mm -hmm. to emphasize a theological point they wanted to make. Um, to, to tweak this question a little bit, why is it important to the Christian faith that she was born of a virgin? Or is that just like, well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, you know, we'll figure out yeah, when we get yeah. there. Yeah, I think it's vitally important. Just before I, I, I say why, it's actually strange when people say, well, Jesus' virgin birth was made up later by, you know, eager, I mean, Richard Dawkins sort of says, you know, eager recruits to Christianity started making stuff up about Jesus um, to make him sort of see more miraculous than he in fact was. The, the earliest writings we have about Jesus, some of course letters, major on Jesus's resurrection. And, and without the resurrection, there is no early Christianity. There are no sort of young recruits to this, this new religion to be making stuff up because there is no Christianity without the resurrection, right? So the, the idea that the virgin birth sort of added in as a miracle later doesn't make a whole lot of sense because in some ways it, it's... It, certainly not more miraculous than the resurrection. Now, to the question of whether it actually makes a difference that Jesus was born um, only of Mary or whether he was born, you know, maybe Mary and Joseph had, had a baby together, it is completely fundamental to our faith that Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. So it, it's, not, um, it's not just a sort of nice to have or an optional extra to believe that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit um, and born of the Virgin Mary. It's actually pretty fundamental to Jesus's identity and to all of the rest of his life. So kind of in conclusion, it, you know, there, I take more of a literal approach to the stories in Genesis. You know, I kind of want to read them as written. Um, Jonah, I believe was a historical person that, you know, and actually transpired the way it is. But if for some reason, some scholarship, theological or historical were to, to demonstrate that, for example, the story of Jonah was, was, was a parable that was told, it, you know, it, it would, yeah, it probably throw me for a loop a little bit, but it wouldn't, my faith would not crumble with that. What I hear you say this is you actually put the virgin birth in a different category than even something like the historicity of Jonah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because Jesus's identity is fully God. It's fundamental to who he is, to what he taught, to his ability to, to die on our behalf and to be raised to life. Like the, the, the claim about Jesus. And, and again, we, we see this in, in Matthew and in Luke's birth narratives about Jesus' divine sort of conception. But I, I've just been reading John's gospel, the sort of beginning of John's gospel with my daughters who are 11 and 9, and the completely extraordinary claims that are made about Jesus there. I mean, we're learning together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. The, the frame of reference we need to have for Jesus it, it should so blow our minds that the the reality of him being born of a virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit is like one angle on the extraordinary reality of who he is as as God made flesh and he made his his dwelling among us. It, it's not a it's not a nice to have, it's not an optional extra. 
it's not something that we, I think, uh, should or even uh, um, are under any pressure to let go of as Christians. Because um, at the end of the day, as, as Paul puts it, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then our, um, our preaching is useless and our faith is in vain. <laughs> um, and so the, the, the claims about Jesus are completely extraordinary uh, from, you know, from his perception onwards. And I, I don't think we should um, be sort of abashed about believing them at all. Yeah, these stories, they just don't read like legends that slowly grew up to add, you know, kind of hero status to uh, they're so outrageous. It's it's almost like we're doing them a disservice to try to downplay the outrageousness. Uh, They were outrageous at the time. And there wasn't time for them to to grow up as sort of legends and myths. I mean, the time between Jesus's ministry and and death and resurrection and, and when the gospel was written down is really short. I mean, it's it's decades. It's not centuries. So the the idea that while there were multiple living witnesses of everything that Jesus said and did, and the stories that were told about him, the idea that you could sort of start making up crazy stuff that wasn't true, right, doesn't really fit actually, and um, with just the, the historical time frame that we're talking about here, it's it's very recent. Yeah, and you know, it's, I mean, we've heard people talk about like it, that's so outrageous. It kind of has to be true. It, you know, that it doesn't make that it, it true. But if 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 a lie grows by just adding you know to it and, and stretching the truth, these these narratives don't read like that. They read on something that if God was not the one behind it doing it, then it, it it's just it's all false. Which just kind of goes to what you said with First Corinthians fifteen. It's like he either raised from the dead or we're all we're all wasting our time. One of those two yeah. things is true. Yeah, and I think there are some people who want to say, okay, you know, I really like Jesus, I like his teachings, but I just kind of want to keep him as a, a really great teacher. Problem is he's just not. <laughs> if you read Jesus's teachings, he is continually claiming to be God, and uh, in in a whole host of different ways. And so this idea that you can somehow sort of extract Jesus's divinity from his teachings and have anything meaningful left, it, it just falls apart. It crumbles on the pages of the scriptures. Hmm. That's right. Well, Rebecca McLaughlin, our guest here today. Um, listen, I, we, we actually don't do this a lot on Ask Me Anything. Um, this is a book that you need to get a hold of. It's a book that will answer not only some of your questions, but will equip you in talking with others. So, Rebecca, thank you for, for spending just a few minutes with us here to talk about his Christmas Unbelievable. Um, thank you for blessing us with that. And thank you for helping me uh, be a, a person who better um, articulates these very reasonable answers to, to questions we get about our faith. Thanks, J.D. Thanks, J.D.